welcome into the Solar Insights Podcast. My name is Eric Starr. We got my friend Jabari here to talk Lakers, Suns, everything about that. How are you doing, Jabari? I'm great, Eric, man. Thanks again for having me on. Yes, I think you might be my most uh, hat-on uh, guest so far. I think this is, uh, might be our third time, um, which is pretty cool, because um, we always got to talk Lakers. We haven't actually talked to you and I since they got LeBron, but I wanted to wait till about now is a good time to talk <laughs> about kind of what's even going on. Uh, yeah. First, let's, why don't you give a little intro about what do you think's been going on and kind of for those who haven't been as involved as you and I probably have been. Well, I mean, yeah, I was, I was going to say, I mean, I, I feel like anybody that's watched this year, they know. I mean, look, it, look, you, you bring in LeBron, um, you stack the, you know, the rest of the roster, obviously surrounding the rest of the, the young talent with, you know, I, I don't. I, I I try not to pile on, but with guys that are very limited in what they can do, very specific in what they can do. Um, so when going into this year, I thought, okay, they're clearly not you know not looking to win a title or even compete for you know you'll be realistically compete for one this year. But all of a the sudden, they looked pretty good. They were nineteen and ten. They were rolling. They were in the four, you know like you know it's 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 way early to say it, but like you know they would have been in the fourth position at that stage. And then all of a sudden, LeBron goes down. Now, here's the deal. It's a, it, nobody could have, you, know, you, you can't foresee that coming, especially given the fact that he's never, you know, gone down with, you know, such a catastrophic injury. But at the same time, I look at that front office and I say, yeah, but maybe you should have had some sort of contingency plan based on the fact that he's going into his 16th year and, you know, and with all of the, the miles that he's got on him. So basically it's just been a struggle year. Once LeBron went down, then Lonzo went down. And to be honest with you, while a lot of people like to make fun of him, you, we are recognizing those of us that are watching them on a regular basis, just how impactful he is. Um, you know, Rondo's been in and out of, in and out of the lineup. So basically it was, it, it, it's just one of those injury riddled seasons that, while a lot of folks, you know, may still think they're going to, you know, qualify for the playoffs, I'm here to tell you, unless some miracle happens, it's probably not going to take place. Yeah. So you mentioned some of the things. I mean, he's been down for a month and a half. He was down for a month and a half, maybe. That may be more than he's ever missed in his whole career combined. Like for people, I think so. like it's very possible. Like he has not had a. He's never had a season-ending injury, which is just incredible because he's played. I mean, he's played more minutes than entire people's careers already. Than most people's careers, mm-hmm. I think he just entered in. He just got he's tenth in assists and fifth in points scored all time, and he's probably played the most the playoffs that anyone's ever played. And it's like he's up there, for and him. he's got five more years left. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. What? Um, so it's kind of incredible in that sense. And then, like you said about the players that they brought in and limit, they're limited. My goodness, I mean, I was it was it was laughable. It kind of went those three days where they signed all these players. You're like. That is the funniest group of people in terms of um, cl- more like clashing personalities and things like that than necessarily that. The fact that they really almost got no sh- shooters and people have talked about that now. You, you know what's interesting about the shooting situation? Like, yes, I, I you know, I'm not gonna, I, 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 I can't lie. They're they're not one of the better three point shooter te- shooting teams out there. In fact, they're in the bottom. If I'm not mistaken, they're in the bottom five. Uh, but the offense hasn't been the problem. Scoring hasn't been the problem. You know, like it, it's really on the defensive end. Um, all of those, none of those guys can play defense or are willing to play any defense with any consistency. Uh, you know, the young, it, it, that, that's actually what made the comments, uh, you know, the recent comments about, you know, where it, it certainly appeared as though, uh, LeBron and, and, and others were pointing the finger at, at, at the, uh, the younger guys for, you know, having a, you know, a, a lack of urgency or not, you know, not understanding the moment. But quite frankly, uh, those comments were totally bogus because it's really the older guys, including LeBron, that are not playing any sort of defense. I saw those gifts. My goodness, he, can, he didn't even move. He's all, and he, I mean, he is, I mean, I'm looking at the roster right now. He has more defensive prowess, prowess than every other player on the team combined. Like, they are not like defensive stoppers, any of them. Uh-huh. He can and doesn't. And I get that to a certain look. To a certain degree, you're you're looking. You're in year sixteen, as we just mentioned, the guy that's played more than anybody else out there. And 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 for listeners, I recognize there are other there are a couple. He's in the he's he's in the conversation for having played uh, you know some of the most minutes you know uh, significantly for a uh, swingman at that. Uh, I don't expect him to be a lockdown defender, but like let let you know there are there there are 
you know, varying degrees. You don't necessarily have to be the, you know, the locked in every time, but you also don't have to be the worst defender I've ever seen in my life. A person that's just not interested in even in doing anything on that side of the ball. He needs to lead it better. Like he needs to help him do that kind of thing um, for that. Um, so what do you think about that? There's a whole thing about, I mean, Anthony Davis and the whole coming over from the Pelicans, New Orleans, and now it's like, He's sitting, but he's not sitting, and he's going to sit sometimes because of his agent, and like, especially when they play the Lakers, he's going to sit more, and it's like, whatever. Um, what do you think? Did you think that they should have gotten the deal done by the trade deadline a week or two ago, or did you think that it was less not going to happen before it didn't? So it came, you know, when I say it came out of nowhere, all of the fervor came out of nowhere, like you know, just about you know, just under two weeks before the deadline. So. Yeah, yes, they'd been talking about it. Yes, you know, there were murmurs and, 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 you know, murmurings about it and whatnot, but I didn't, I wasn't anticipating it. But then all of a sudden, when, you know, when they went hot and heavy, and the unfortunate thing is, is that, you know, narratives kind of shape how, you know, uh, the general public will see things. You know, the narrative was that the Lakers were putting those terms out there. Quite frankly, I've heard from very good sources that that is not the case. Uh, that was New Orleans that was putting that out there. Like in particular, Dell Dimps specifically putting stuff like that out there. Simply, you know, simply whether it was a smokescreen, whether he was just toying with the Lakers, whatever the case may be, we all know that it resulted in him getting fired ultimately anyhow. Uh, but yeah, no. Um, so yeah, when all of that stuff, sorry, I know that I kind of went in a circle there. When all of that stuff came out, I was surprised by it, but then I thought, well, if all of these terms are being discussed, well, then it's probably going to take place. So I can't say that I was shocked that it didn't happen, but I did, you know, I, I was swung around to the side of, oh, well, maybe it is about to go down. Yeah, it was one of the more unique things, for those who don't know, because the Celtics were the one of the other major suitors, and they couldn't offer their best deal. because Well, they also, because they're waiting for Kyrie Irving to see if he'll resign, yep, but yep. they can't have two, uh, I think it's called designated veteran extensions with Kyrie, which is on his right now, and, uh, and Anthony Davis. So they can't have them both on the same team until Kyrie signs a different deal in the offseason, if he still does. Um, so it's very interesting to see that. Plus also, I think Durant and Kyrie could team up in New York because they have their spot now after the, after the uh, Chris Apps trade. So there's a lot of moving pieces in here, and it just made for a very unique situation. Yeah, and, and, and it's funny that you mentioned the Kyrie piece. The funniest thing to me is if I were the Lakers, quite frankly, I would go after Kyrie full guns a-blazing as soon as free agency opens. But then Kyrie and LeBron again? Uh, yes. Yes, Kyrie and LeBron again. They've already kissed, the, they've already, you know, done the, the, the quote unquote kiss and make nice in public. We've already seen them as a dominant force together. Uh, yeah, I, I, I would do anything possible to poison the well in Boston, specifically because if I think if Kyrie's not there, I don't think they go, I don't think they, uh, they move forward with that Anthony Davis deal. Yeah, and it's interesting to see just kind of like what would they build if that was what they did in, in, in LA? What would they build around? I mean, because if 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 you trade, because Anthony Davis still has another year and what three months on his deal, yep. so he could. I mean, it's so interesting because also the since even maybe about a month ago, the pieces both in Boston and LA have gone very wildly in terms of how we value them. Mm-hmm. I mean, Tatum, all of them, as well as Ingram. And I do want to get into the Lakers guys specifically, but okay. um, like it's so crazy how the all the pieces surrounding it have have just wildly gone up and down in their value. Yeah, and and, and that that kind of goes into narratives as again as well. And quite frankly, I don't think um, I'll put it like this. We, as the general basketball-loving public, we like to think that those conversations mean more than what they do. Simply because everybody on Twitter says that, you know, and I'm speaking generally, says, the oh, well, the, the Lakers, you know, young guys are no good and Boston's great. That doesn't mean that that's how actual GMs, act, you, know, you know, feel about it. Scouts who actually know what they're talking about, that's who matters. Exactly. So, you, I don't know, I don't necessarily know that they have actually fluctuated all that much. The young guys in Boston, they are what I thought they were. They're very, you know, they're good, they're, it's a varying scale of good to very good and potentially great, you know, in, in, especially in Tatum's case. And quite frankly, I feel, I, you know, look, 
You know how I feel about you know, the young guys you know, on the Lakers. I'm not going to sit there and say they're world beaters. I'm not going to sit there and say there are any guaranteed superstars there. But there is there is definitely some talent there, especially when they're all you know when they're there and present and healthy. So I think it's going to be a fun look. I'll put it like this: as fun as the regular season is to me, as fun as the postseason is to me, the off season in the NBA has become every bit as fun for me. It really is for various you know, for all of. I mean, this off season is going to be so exciting. <laughs> yeah, look. On 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 one of the shows that I, that I'm on, you know, my, you know, my my guy Josh Everly, he um, he says he, he's mentioned this a couple times, right? And why am I saying one of the shows? You're gonna allow me to say it. Hot takes and shot fakes. <laughs> um, uh, he uh, he he mentions this. He says, "Look, this is going to be an incredible summer, specifically because either the Lakers, the Knicks, or or even the the, um, the Celtics are going to be left high and dry." And every, look, you know, I'm here for the jokes, even when it's a get, even if it's about the squad that I grew up watching. I'm here for the petty. I'm here for all of it. It's gonna be good. Like the fact that one of them is gonna be high and dry, and then also the fact that one of the other ones, one of these three major markets, is gonna be a super team. Mm-hmm. Like that. The the again the the craziness of like low. Like one of those teams is gonna be real bad. Yep. Like if the Knicks. With that Chris Epps trade, people actually, I, I, I thought that the Dallas Mavericks got such a good deal out of it. But listen to Zach Lowe and everybody else's pods. I was like, well, actually, I, I agree with them. The Knicks did a very good job if they get the people. If they exactly. don't, their best player is going to be Dennis Smith Jr. And that is, he was almost given away by Dallas until this thing happened. Yeah, it was it was evident that that they wanted to go ahead and get him, you know, ship him out of town, you know, because even before you, even before those last minute rumors and and then obviously the eventual trade, you know, you've heard his name in those discussions for you know for some time. Um, but uh, yeah, no, someone's gonna be someone's gonna stink, and you know what? I'm also here for, and I know you know what, you know, my you know, Lakers fans would be mad at me. I'm also here for the Clippers playing spoilers for somebody. I hope it's not the Lakers, but hey, look, yeah, the Clippers. Well, I think the Clippers are probably they're the front runner for Kawhi as opposed to anybody else, right? That's what it. That's what it certainly seems like. So, but again, that's just based on what we're hearing. Who knows? Who knows? I mean, really, as we've all as we all know, the one the deals that are usually the best are the ones that come out of nowhere. Yep. And because they come out of nowhere, is kind of why they happen and why they're so impactful. So that's the interesting thing. Um, and really, what do you think? So, if if the Lakers don't get Anthony Davis, who do you think they're going to go after? I think Beal is a guy that you keep on hearing his name brought up because, like, ultimately, you like look. Davis, of course, is the uh, is, is you know is the prize that everybody wants. That everybody wants, or most people Where want. Where would you rank him in the NBA right now in terms of best? It's always tough, man. You like, you, you know how I hate doing these because they're always going to be something. No, no, I'll, I'll answer it. But you know, it's always going to be. Ooh, what about such and such guys? It, it, you know, it's a range. It's a range. I would say he's in the fourth to sixth or seventh best player. I yeah. see that. That's where I am. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's not better than Durant. No, um, LeBron when he's amazing. Um, people, I'm, I'm kind of on the band of Curry is better than you think he is. He's absolutely of, better. Not, not in terms of okay, like. People say, oh, it's such a good shooter. But he's a really good player, too, okay? Um, him, I'd say Kawhi is better. But also, the really, people said it. But when you watch him, you're like, he's so talented. But it's like, has he ever, like, then the thing comes up, impacted winning. I mean, he hasn't as much. Yeah, but you know what? Honestly, I I think that's a, when I say disingenuous, I don't mean by you. I'm saying, like, that that's one of the general disingenuous conversations that we have. Like, and I'm saying all of us, whether, you know, fans or pundits or, you know, uh, writers or whatever the case may be. Because you we all know you're not winning if your team or your franchise sucks. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how great you are. And you know what? Last year, and we just saw it, last year they were a lower seed. They swept the Blazers, if I'm not mistaken. That is impactful. That you know, that that, that is impacting winning, and he was great in that series. Great, and Drew Hall, that was even better. But oh, that was sure. a great series. Sure. I guess that I guess that question is, we'll talk about the something more later. But I mean, Booker and bad teams, and he's still so great. And I would love we'll talk about him later. But mm-hmm. I mean, that in terms of impacting winning, you don't see it. But it's like people. I mean. There's there's a standard of how many good NBA players you have to have to be good in the NBA, just because you have whatever. I mean, then again, the Pelicans they have like three or four good ones, and that's it. 
Yeah, and, and, and sometimes it's a matter of depth. Sometimes it's a matter of the fit. Like, okay, one of my chief criticisms of Daryl Morey early on, when he was just st- stockpiling just random guys, and on paper it looked like great teams, but they really they were bad rosters because it was obvious, it was evident that you know, that those players didn't, you know, their personalities would you know wouldn't you know, uh, generate a winning environment. Um, the, you know, it, it, that matters. Chemistry matters. The culture matters. Um, you know, I don't. I didn't think it was a shock at all that they got rid. You know, like you know, when um, and speaking of Houston again, you know, a few years ago when when they when they punted on Dwight and it immediately looked like a like a completely different team. Like and and, and that's not just to knock Dwight, but the you know that combination wasn't you know wasn't ideal for Devin Booker. You know, for any of these guys, if you're again, I hate to say it. And I mean no offense, Suns fans, but if your organization, uh, you know, historically sucks, I can't fault I can't fault individual players for not, you know, for, you know, for not being able to quote unquote, you know, impact more victories. So actually, I w- I'll push back against historically sucks because the Suns are the fifth highest winning percentage in NBA history. But uh, you you know what I mean? It, it, historically, in a while, they've been pretty bad. I mean, quite bad. Yes. And they had the worst, uh, uh franchise, the worst, uh, losing record, uh, streak, 17 games that ended with their win over Miami, which was ugly. Yeah. Um, they're 12 and 50 right, right now. Yeah. Um, what, what did they have to win? Another 10 to match last year's total? It'll be, it'll be bad. But the problem is, like I, like I mentioned, we can get in this, we'll get in the Suns in a little bit. I want to talk about some specific Lakers players, but gotcha. I mean, they're playing five rookies. <laughs> Yes, and and everybody. I think I think we the only player they have over twenty five is Jamal Crawford, who's thirty eight. That's it. That's you're you're not going to do well you're, in the NBA. You can't win. You're not going to they're do well. They're too young. When you've got five rookies play bad at defense. Yeah, <laughs> even Lighting. if they're good. Like I'll, we'll talk about specific sets of players in a second, but I want to talk about kind of the Anthony Davis thing, how we evaluate because. I'm from the other side. I, I evaluate them differently. I want to hear kind of how you do um, mm-hmm. an update because we haven't talked for about a year and a half on this specifically. Um, and kind of talk about Tatum too and then maybe other players. Let's talk about kind of on a range though of their ceiling, floor, whatever. Can they be all-star starters, all-stars, or will they not make an all-star team? What do you think about Tatum first? Oh, Tatum's going to be an all-star. He's going to be an all-star starter at some point. He, he's got. He, he he does have that type of game, and I, you know what? It will. It might be once he's no longer in that Boston system, specifically, no longer having to play second fiddle or third fiddle. Do you th- do you think do you think he's a kind of a prototype of like the Harrison Barnes there that was? I mean, I never thought Harrison Barnes was going to be. I I kind of predicted what happened to him. It seemed like. Where he was on the Warriors, he gets traded to Dallas. I'm like, he's gonna be fine because it's gonna be more opportunity and it's gonna be his show. But he's not gonna make them good. No, I, I don't think he's going. I don't think he's uh, going along those you know, those lines. I, I watched him, you know, be the you know essentially the leader of that team, you know, down the stretch last year, and they and they were in the Eastern Conference Finals and a quarter away from potentially being in the finals. So I guess so he he may be I I kind of agree with you that he could be especially in the East I mean obviously the East was kind of a joke this year in terms of all stars you're like well, if people get in I mean I like the end of us I think I kind of actually want someone to get in but like if if we did all the, if we didn't have East West he would not have been an all star no he wouldn't have but here's the thing remember what I said about D'Angelo as a rookie <laughs> remember remember what I and you know that nobody was nobody believed me I know you didn't you were very kind and you were very polite but I kept on saying hey look this kid is good man this the question is is he better than Booker I don't think so uh, he's a uh, look um, I need to see more from Devin I also need to see Devin stay on the court more I don't want to say I don't, I don't want to make it sound like I'm being critical you know being critical uh, or overly critical but I don't think I don't think that's anywhere near as crazy a conversation as it as it seemed to be as the, in their rookie years. Yeah, because yeah, Devin had had more of the reins and had a better system around him at the time. Yep. Um, for me, I mean, I'll just say for Devin Booker, I mean, he, I was throughout this whole year. There's only been three players that were averaging the numbers twenty four and seven: mm-hmm. Jim, Harden, and LeBron. That was it. <laughs> Yeah, no. Hey, look, you, you know I'm a Booker fan. In fact, uh, actually on on the aforementioned show, uh, I, I predicted he would lead the league in scoring because I thought you guys would be sorry, but I thought he would be healthy and they didn't take a bunch of shots. <laughs> He's been. I mean, he, his problem is the hamstring keeps coming up for him every single yep. freaking time. 
I mean, and also watching these games, he is getting double, triple teamed on every stinking possession. It is crazy. Well, that also that also happens when you know you are playing five rookies in your rotation. Yes. Anyway, so let's keep going with the the game before we get back to I keep getting distracted by Suns things because I get so excited. Um, Brandon Ingram, where is his? Do you think he is a All Star starter, All Star, or never going to make one? It depends on where he goes next, but I think he can be an all star. In fact, I, yeah, no, I, you, you, you know, you know, I've been saying the same thing about him, you know, since his rookie year when everybody said it was a terrible rookie season. And I said, you need to look beyond the numbers and look a little bit deeper. Show, you know, see the range that he showed and show, see the potential he showed. Anyhow, you know, I'm a stand when it comes to him. I, I, I really want that kid to do well, but I do think he has the potential to be an all star. An all star, but not an all star starter. I mean, Again, like we just said, if it's in, if it's in the East, and yeah, I, I wouldn't pre- right now. I would not predict All Star starter, but you know, nothing would shock me, especially considering if I think he has the potential to be an All Star. Then of course, you know, you know, the next level would be you know starter. So yeah, it's possible. It's possible. It's possible. I wouldn't bet on it, but it's possible. What about Lonzo Ball? Lonzo is going to continue to be one of the more uh, polarizing uh, players because you're going to always have those you know, people that only look at the shot and say like, oh, that means you're not a good player because, you know, because you don't, you know, you don't have a great shot. And then you're going to have people that actually understand the game of basketball, which you are one of those, that see the other things and the other ways that he impacts the game and the fact that he is by far the Lakers' best defender, by far, not even close. Um, and the fact that, you know, he can run an offense and he can, you know, you know generate offense. Now, look, he's got holes in his game that he like that, that you would expect out of a second-year player that only went to college for one year as well. As well, that also has some of the other things in, in the background going on, you know, that, that he's got going on. Uh, but that's a very long way to say not all-star starter, but I could see him being an all-star one day. Yeah. Um, so I would dive into him a little bit more because when there was those rumors that he would go to Phoenix, I mean, his dad mm-hmm. keeps talking about it. I like I wouldn't hate it. But I would, I would be hesitant because to me, I kind of want to hear what you think about this. I've been saying I'm an okay, I would be okay if they had done that deal, the trade deadline and like whatever went to the Pelicans and he comes to Phoenix because it helps them be a, it create, raises the ceiling for the, the team this year. But I think ultimately it lowers, raises the floor and lowers the ceiling of the Suns if he is a long-term piece because of the shooting. Obviously, I mean, just if someone that can shoot around Booker and can, it's, it's a lot. But so I was, I was, I was more of the, hey, go get Drew Holiday instead, and then you'll be really good. Well, yeah, I mean, if, if Drew's and look, Drew Drew Holiday remains underrated, and I don't know how that's possible. Yeah, right, because everybody keeps saying it for like five years. Yeah, I, like every single time, like he he comes up, I'm like, y'all know he's really good. Like you guys know he's better than a lot of the guys that you say are good. Anyhow. Um, no, he's better I, than John Wall right now, right? Yes, he is. And, you know, and, and and I and keep in mind, I'm a John Wall fan. I remain a guy that wants to see him do well. But no, that's not even a conversation. Yes, yeah. I so would the take question. The really, is what this can the Suns if the, if Davis gets traded in the offseason, What would the Suns throw? I mean, I, I they would throw everything to get Drew Holiday. <laughs> they and as well they should. Like at one point, I heard that you guys, you're that uh, you know, your you, you man was a uh, that uh, Josh Jackson was not available. Yeah, I mean, people. Okay, there was some definitely misinformation I was hearing about that. I was like, they did not one, they did not try to trade Devin Booker for Chris Porzingis. I remember that okay. was something that did not happen. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. And maybe they didn't. And Josh Jackson this year, he was pretty bad at the beginning of this year. He has improved some stuff. His shot selection is so much better. And once he gets strong, it'll be better. And he's a better playmaker than I thought coming to college. Mm-hmm. And he has some things, and but I would I would not hesitate to trade him, yeah. Warren for Drew Holiday in any sense. You, you like like when I heard that, I thought, well, I hope that's just a rumor because that's crazy. It's just like when like the Lakers fans that were telling me all up and down my timeline, no, you can't you can't give up this and that, you know, for Anthony Davis. And I would say, excuse me, Are you kidding? <laughs> Are you kidding me? How do you, tr- yeah, how do you build an NBA team? You need your superstar and then you build anything around because they're much, um, less scarce commodities. Yeah. And I mean, I think that Ball, Ingram, and Hart and Kuzma are good players who are definitely NBA players and even, and high, above average, but they aren't the person you build around. 
Yeah, no, of course not. Like, again, you, I am a fan of those guys. I think that no matter whether they're with the Lakers moving forward or another team, they will find a way to be successful, much like D'Angelo Russell, much like Julius Randle, and much like, you know, much like, you know, others. But if I'm, honest to God, if I'm the Lakers and they come and they say, okay, we'll take the deal, if I'm Magic Johnson, I'll drive them to the airport. I'm sorry, man. They're going to do it because they aren't, they aren't something that's going to stop you can get basically that person from another team that's trying to offload them because there's always five teams who are trying to offload players because they're trying to rebuild. They want draft picks and compensation for that or people are trying to get off bad money. It's not that hard to get players of average to below average, sometimes depending on situation, above average players just to get them. I mean, it's crazy, yeah. Um. So what about Kuzma? Where do you think he would land on that ceiling floors discussion? Ceiling is potential all-star. Um... And right now, honestly, like the, the one thing about Kuzma is this: you're, you've already seen his floor. His floor was his rookie year, and it was a pretty good year. So, I mean, look, I don't think like, there are some people that see Kuzma as a superstar. I don't see him as that. But you know, hey, look, I could be wrong. He, I guess he could you know, he could ascend to that level. It would take some. It would take significant work on both ends of the court. Uh, better, you know, better shots. You know, at times better. So, you know, uh, decision making on the offensive end. Uh, more consistent effort on the defensive end. Even though he's a much, he's he's a much better defender to at least from the, uh, from the eyeball test this year as opposed to last year. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I think I think he has all star potential. But you know, again, it, it's it's not like I'm, I'm guaranteeing that because you know you never know what where a person's career is going to take them. It's definitely, I mean, that's for sure. Um, people have been Kyle Lowry with nothing to all star yep. like, like eight years in. Exactly. I mean, he was with the Rockets, the Grizzlies, and then he goes to Toronto, and then a year or two later, he's like an all-star. Listen, he's like a guy from a from a Impact Basketball too. I'm a one of the I'm a certified by them for training, so I'm I'm all about them. Oh, uh, nice. Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard too, and uh, Demarcus Cousins are also trained by them. Oh, okay. Um, so uh, also, so it sounds like Kyle Kuzma is slightly uh, like a step below the other two guys. It's, I, I would put him a step below, but you know, like. It, who, who knows? I could be totally wrong, and he could end up being the best of the three. But I, you know, right now I would have him just below. He's definitely a fluid player. I do like the way he is fluid in that, and he's kind of re- not reckless. Um, that's not the word. Um, fluid. He's very. Uh, yeah, he he just feels the game well. It seems like he, he's a guy that no matter what is going to be in the league for another ten to fifteen years. Yeah, there's all he's. I mean. He, maybe this is maybe this is rude, but Nick Young. He's someone who can just get buckets whenever you need it. For whatever, and he—he's like he's part of the no conscience team. <laughs> oh yeah, oh no, and honestly, J.R. Smith. You—you you know, I like—I like a little bit of that. <laughs> like, yeah, it's necessary like to that. win the NBA. If you do not have some of those guys who get hot in a in a series when you need an extra bump, you—that's yep. a problem. It yep. sounds like, a, and then Josh Hart, I would say, is let me categorize him as lower ceiling, but he is one of those perfect glue guys for championship teams. Exactly. Exactly. Like no, no all star. You know, no all stars for him. Uh, but a guy that you need on your team to be successful when he's right. He hasn't been right this year. He's 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 had some knee problems. He's had a couple other you know issues that are lingering. Um, in fact, over the all star break, if I'm not mistaken, he went in and got PRP injections in that, in that troublesome knee. Uh, so it, honestly, this has been kind of a washed year for him. But I agree 100. percent You know, he he's definitely a winning component to a team. I mean, there's almost no chance he doesn't win a championship, right? I, doesn't he feel like that guy that's going to find his way? You want to know the truth? Josh Hart uh, feels like a, he's destined to be a San Antonio Spur at some point, and, and 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 he'll fit in perfectly. Yeah, but only already once they have their centerpieces in like yes. like three years, then he'll just join the Spurs and be like on his second contract. And exactly, that's exactly what will happen. Yeah. Um, what do you think about that Zubox trade? <laughs> yeah, so I don't understand that for the life of me because ultimately if you determine that you're not going to re-sign him, just go ahead and play the string out because he's not only a better player than Mike Muscala, he's an actual live body NBA player. Mike Muscala is a guy, quite frankly, you know, could be in the G League, could, you know, could be in the G League and I'd say, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Um, uh, yeah, look, uh, I do my best not to, you know, really, really denigrate these guys because look, any of these guys, and, and I let's just be official. Any of these guys would destroy me, destroy. Me. So like when I say this, it's 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 truly you know uh, comparing them to other you know guys of that level. 
Mike Muscala, I don't understand his purpose on this roster. So, yeah, you trade, you know, you trade Zubac, you know, he's going to be a restricted free agent, you know, this upcoming summer. You trade him to your cross, you know, not crosstown rival, but, you know, the team that shares the building with you, and you don't really get anything for it. I just don't understand it, especially because Zubac was their best center. <laughs> like, it just makes By no sense. far. Yeah. Zubac killed the Suns when they played him. I was, he was crazy. The funny thing, it looks like, I'm looking at their salary on, that uh, Eric Pinkus does there on Best Insiders, and man, like, they have no nothing on the books. I mean, they stretch the wall dang, but if if they get the Anthony Davis trade, they'll have LeBron and Anthony Davis and, like, Wagner and Bonga. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> yeah, hey, shout out to Mo Wagner. Shout out to him, man. I, I like that kid. He, you know, he's, he's raw as can be, and so is Isaac Bonga, but look. You, you you end up with a with another star. You can figure it out. You you know you sign guys on vet. You know much like honestly much like the Warriors did when they when they put together when they started putting together the, you know those guys around the talent that they you know that they that they had, uh, cultivated themselves. You know they brought in a guy like David West on a, on a vet man. They brought in you know you put in Anthony Davis and LeBron James together. You'll get someone like David West giving up eleven million dollars to come play for you. Although he did it for the Spurs, but yeah. But somebody will, so, or, or certain somebodies will. Um, you can get the so veterans that you need for that team, and you don't have to have any rookies. You mean, <laughs> yeah, no. It, uh, quite frankly, it's a good problem to have if you can, if you can roll out there and start off with with uh, Ant Davis and LeBron James. Yeah, for sure. Do you think LeBron will play with his son? I don't know. Um, I think I think he'll do everything in his power to at least make it happen. You know, but. I don't, you know, five years from now, I don't know what he's gonna look like. Oh man, that would be the greatest thing. Like, it'd be that's awesome. never happened. That's not. Look, when I was a kid, um, I'm older than you, obviously. When I was a kid, I I was a baseball fan. So the only thing I had that was even remotely near that was Ken Griffey Jr. playing with Ken Griffey Sr. But Ken Griffey Sr. was already, you know, pretty much done. That that would probably be the same thing. But for for a nostalgic purpose, I would love that. Yeah, it'd be really cool. Um, so that was pretty cool to talking about those Lakers guys. I want to talk about some Suns guys and get your perspective. All right. Um, so I know that the Suns are bad. Like I'm, I, the way I think is very development. Like I said, coaching, I've coached, coached a high school kid this year. It was great. I had so much fun. And I, I think in that kind of thing, just like you were saying, we think about these players related to, relative to each other, um, and stuff like that and how, how to build an NBA team. So that's just keep in mind for everybody that's listening and, and you, uh, that that's where I'm coming from. So obviously I know that they're bad. I'm not trying to sugarcoat it in no, any sure. sense like that, but <laughs> I watch pretty much every single game that cat, that the Suns play every single one with a development eye. Um, so with that said, what do you think? Um, it, is it, is it that they have no point, have had no point here that they played too many rookies? Cause it feels like things have been stifled in a sense. There's, Obviously, some as came out today a little bit infrastructure or instability of, above there with James Jones and, the, and obviously the owner. But I'm curious, kind of, what your general thoughts are first, and we'll get into some specifics. Well, I, you know, I, I actually am you know one of the few that seem to like the Aiden pickup. I think he's going to be solid. I think he's going to be you know solid to you know, ranging from solid to really you know to, you know, to good. Um, I, I see what you're saying about you know Jackson because I actually you know as we've been talking I, I looked up his numbers like okay he's looking you know, he is looking better um, they've got pieces that work in obviously Booker like I didn't mention him because like that that goes without saying but you need to get a point guard for one and yes Drew Holiday or the, somebody of that elk would be you know, would be perfect for you guys DeAndre Russell and, 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 are you against Terry Rozier and Spencer Dinwiddie yeah I, I'm not as high on Rozier even though I do think he would look he would look better in a, in a, in a, with a new opportunity, or could you know look better with a new opportunity. Uh, but yeah, the, the, those other guys, you know, for sure. Uh, and you know what, Jackson is the type of guy to me that would be great as a six man. But you're having to start him right now. Yeah, and the weird thing is the Suns have so many random players. I mean, kind of they basically they also one thing that's really cool. I'll mention now that'll kind of go into this. The Suns now are like the number one steals. Like it's crazy how many they're getting now. They got a lot of the young live bodies flying They're around the long, court. Like yep. one thing, I am so excited about the Ubre. I, I don't remember, but I was so high on him pre-draft. I was like, Suns get him, but he went like two spots before. Um, Suns got a pick, um, so I'm so happy that he came to the Suns. He they need to resign him. Well, he it looks like he has another uh, 
is that a qualifying offer next year? Qualifying offer next year for 4.4, and they need to pick it up. Just do not let him go restricted or pay him whatever. No, it's a qualifying offer, so they have to pay him a lot more. Um, but you need to do it because he is perfect for the Suns team. I agree. You, you, you need guys like that you know, in your rotation. Maybe not as starters, but in your rotation, you abs- on the back end, you definitely need guys like that. I mean, he just he basically won them the game against Miami because he was so long and so good. And he, he hit threes. He's not hitting an amazing clip, but that's because of just the general lack of good players. Um <laughs> Let's see here. Uh, the fact that Jamal Crawford really can't play anymore is kind of crazy. I thought that he would be a little bit better than he is. He's not horrible all the time. He has a couple of good games, but his defense is just just abysmal, which is fine because he's 38. But yeah, I, I like him. He's the perfect vet person. It, exactly. But man, it's I was so happy that DeAnthony Melton came back because he didn't have to have Crawford minutes. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Um, which is crazy because DeAnthony Mellon's a rookie too, but he is so good defensively. I hope they keep a hold on to him because he is going to be good. <laughs> yeah, no, you you you, you want uh, honestly? I'm glad you mentioned that about Crawford because, quite frankly, no, he's not. He, look, he was never a lockdown defender ever. Even when he was a chucker, he you know, like uh, and 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 putting up big numbers. You know, he was never you know locking you down on that end. And at the age of 38, you're not necessarily going to expect him to you know that you know that to change. But he is a very good guy for a locker room. He is a very, very good influence on on, on a young team. So I, I I liked them bringing him in there. Yeah, so that it's good for him. Um, Okobo is somebody. He's a, another rookie. So the rookies that they have is Aiton, Bridges, Melton, and Okobo, um, who all were in the rotation most of the year, which is just crazy. Especially when both of them, two of them, were point guards. That's incredible. Um, Okobo, I he's more of a project. He, um. He can be good when he's he he shoots really well, decently decent playmaker. Only I would say he's not good at defense, but um, he's a project for sure. I, I would love to see him later, but I'm more on the Melton trade right now because he does bring defensive, like actually good defensive work right now. Um, and I wish he could shoot better. I wish he could playmake better, but he's he's going to be very very good on defensive end. I definitely think he could make a all of NBA, some sort of all NBA team and on the defensive end for sure. Um, the Suns definitely need to re-sign Rashawn Holmes. Absolutely. <laughs> I have, this is the first time with Aiton and Holmes that the Suns have had good, two d- decent to good defensive centers or, or good centers ever. Yeah, yeah. I do not remember in my lifetime of having anybody who was two people who were decently, I mean, Amari was good. He wasn't a center. I don't remember a single center that the Suns have had that was good. I'm sitting here thinking, like, hold on, let me think. Uh, Larry Nance Sr.? No. Uh, I wasn't alive when he was the player. <laughs> right, anyway, then I was like, wait, was he? No. Yeah, no, I, I, I. So that's what I'm saying. The I fact got that. Aiton, I mean, Aiton's putting up 16 and 10. Like, he's a double double machine. He, he, there's a very good chance he has more double doubles than, I mean, it's going to be so many. Now, one, the one thing I will say is, with Aiden, um, I, I'm interested in, in in seeing if they're able to bring in another wing scorer because that, that's 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 what I think this team really needs. And 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 that wasn't shade at Jackson like saying you know, seeing him as a six man. I was trying to optimize him the most. If you can bring if you can bring a guy in, you know, like like a, a scorer at that position, and and you and you can still play Jackson, you know, starters minutes. Just you know, just you know, just uh, you know, balance it out. I'm interested in seeing what Aiton looks like if he's not getting you know 15, 16, 17 shots a night. So the it, problem. It, the problem is they need to get him more shots because he has one of the highest two shooting percentages of anybody ever, especially for a rookie. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's incredible. He never, I mean, he almost never misses. And one, the one thing I'm excited about is that he doesn't, uh, he's not uh, weak around the rim like Len was. Oh my goodness. I, and Gortat, I was so frustrated, but he is so solid and he's got good hands. He's mm-hmm. got good footwork and he, he doesn't, he doesn't box out as hard as I wish he would a little bit because he tries to high point like a lot of people do when they're young. Especially, yeah, he's 19 years old. He's seven one, like he's very, but he, he's a better rebounder than anyone I've seen for the Suns, other than PJ Tucker, who is like the best. I mean, PJ Tucker won like 10 games just by fourth quarter rebounding. Getting in position, putting that big body on somebody, and saying, "I dare you to try to jump over my back." And I love to tell the story, so I'm just gonna say it again. I stood next to PJ Tucker one time um, at a practice, and he mm-hmm. is listed at like six four. He's got to be six two. And I'm like six seven, and it is hilarious. But his shoulder was bigger than my head. As somebody that w- that is five ten and played power forward, I understand. Oh yeah, Jay, I understand. 
<laughs> yeah, and I love that uh, Tucker's able to shoot now because I remember his first year in the league, he couldn't shoot any threes. Then he oh, only could shoot from the corner. Mm-hmm. He still can kind of only shoot from the corner. He's best from the corner, but he yeah. No, I, I'm yeah. I, I like I like guys like I mean you you know me. I'm an NBA nerd, so I, I specifically like guys like Tucker because you see that you know that that progression. They go from being a you know like a, a guy that's just trying to fight to get into the rotation, scraps it out, busts it. Ooh, excuse me, busts behind um, um, in practice, and you know fights his way into the rotation, and then ends up actually turning themselves into you know into a a certain not just a serviceable but a you know, quality NBA. A player, I love that type of story. You can excuse that slip. Yeah, that's okay. Um, so yeah, so the, then the, also the problem is like there's whole losing streak. TJ Warren's been out like the whole time, mm-hmm. so the Suns have been missing their second best player. I would say he's probably still their second best player. Ubre, I like better now because he's more well rounded. But man, have you seen Warren's shot? I mean, he was forty five percent. Now he's probably forty. Mm-hmm. from three, he was 20% like basically last season. I remember the first couple of years, I, I, I saw him and thought, oh, they, they like him, huh? <laughs> but no, but no, no, he worked himself into a, into a very solid offensive, you know, offensive threat at that position. So I think, I mean, maybe it's, maybe I'm not thinking about this clear stuff. So basically I think that the Suns need to do one specific thing. Well, reset Ubre and Holmes for sure. Um, and then trade Warren Jackson and the first, if it's not Zion, for Drew Holiday, mm-hmm. or whatever you need to do to make that happen. Um, also, I, we haven't mentioned it before, but Mikhail Bridges is going to be real good. Yeah, espe- look, especially if he if, look if, if he's able because like I, I was watching a game the other night and think he was like five for eight from deep. If he's able to get like if he's able to continue to stretch the floor like that and 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 do all the other things that he's able to do on the court, like no, you look. I no one likes to hear this, but you guys could be two to three years away from where you were. Well, it was that Hornacek's first year where they just shocked everybody and won. They tried to tank, but accidentally other players do really well, and they got forty-eight wins. Yes, and a goaltending a goaltending against Portland in the third game made them lose the playoff berth. That didn't get called. Well, that was super frustrating. But yeah, so they're they're farther away from that because everybody's so young. But like Bridges, like he steals the ball so much. He's a great on ball and help defender. He can hit threes, and we're seeing like the last ten or twenty games that he can like take a dribble and pull up and stuff and do some passing. What he had, I think, he had seven assists last night. Like he he's already going to reach his quote unquote ceiling next year of what we thought he was going to be, and he could be way more than that. No, he's really good, and 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 and, I, and when I say those things, I'm not trying to you know you'll be pie in the sky, but I really do think like in in two more years, if you add you add some more pieces, Booker can obviously stay healthy. Uh, you know, uh, John, you know, Jackson takes a step, Aiden continues to progress, Bridges takes a step. Look, that that's exactly how young you know young good teams you know are formed from with, you know, from within. Yeah, and also they've been saying that they want to add several veterans, and by I think by veterans he said people over twenty five. So I just don't I don't think they'll have this many young players next year at all. I think they'll have Bridges, Aiton, and Booker. <laughs> I mean that's the people. Yeah, I mean, Jackson Bender is I mean Jackson Bender gone, and yeah. Warren is gone, and then you and then you're going to get like we're talking real like Tyler Johnson just got added. I think they just got him so they could play somebody. That wasn't Anderson because Anderson couldn't wasn't playing because he wasn't helping enough, um, and they needed more uh, point guard type person. Tyler Johnson fits that for now, but he's not a point guard really. Yeah, he's a guy that's played the role. Um, you know, he play, you know, played relatively you know decent you know you know minutes at at or, you know at points. So you know you, you at least have somebody that's serviceable there. And I think it was because because the money added up is why they did it. Um, oh. And I think on the pod, broadcast it says because he's also one of the. I think that according to their analytics, he was the number one person in containing ball handlers on pick and roll. Okay. Something like that, which according to their metric, which is fine, but he's not nothing super special, but he did help them beat Miami, his old team, and they helped. Um, he had 27 points against one of the other teams a couple weeks ago against the Hawks. Nice. Um, so I think the Suns are going to be farther in that two to three years, you said, because they're not going to have just these young players. They're going to actually sign and trade for better players. Because there have been, I mean, we're starting to be where they're, if the Kings make it this year, then we may have the longest drought. Ooh. How long has it been? What? Has has it been since, like, how long has it been? 2010. Ooh, okay. 
But so that's that's the that's that's why they're probably going to do that because server's getting um, probably uh, impatient. But they have the problem is uh, people say, oh yeah, it's been so long. Well, server made a lot of issues, and the Lon Babby and people made lots of issues. There was nothing in the cupboard before Ryan McDonough got there. Ryan McDonough refilled the entire cupboard <laughs> with all the assets and did it right. And we'll see what happens going forward because that's part that there's it's just a different skill set to reset the cupboard and also to make it into a contending team. But I mean, if they get through holiday, I mean, if you have a, like this is my ideal, ideal uh, starting, starting five holiday, Booker, Bridges, Ubre, and Aiton and whatever else you have in the background there. Okay. I mean, look, you're, look, you're not quite cooking with, you know, cooking with gasoline, but you're cooking. You're cooking. You're cooking. You're cooking. Right, right. So we're good. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at with that. There's a lot of, they just, they, this year was a big, I mean, if you count, I think they had 38 million in dead money this year. They're trying to revamp their image a little bit around the league with players. It sounds like helping Austin Rivers get to the Rockets, helping Tyson Chandler get to the Lakers, helping people get where they want to try to re, not, I mean, McDonough was very much assets and it, it, I was very much a pro McDonough guy and I still probably am more than most, but mm-hmm. he had his faults. Well, yeah, he drafted you know, Bender and then uh, Lynn like in consecutive, in consecutive years, didn't he? Well, it was it was Chris and Bender in the same year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that didn't work. Uh-huh. Um, and Bender is whatever, but man, I feel so bad for him because his shot, his confidence, just is shot. But he's a good defender. Um, but then also the, I mean, the one year was a Warren and Ennis in the same year that they missed mm-hmm. out on Kawhi, I think. Ooh, like, okay. like in. In, at the time, we didn't think like you didn't think it was fine, but in hindsight, it looks even worse than it probably was. Yeah, yeah. hindsight's never kind. Yeah, when, you can always find people. I mean, Giannis, Gobert, Draymond. There's people that you just never thought would be what they are. Yeah, I, you know, you're you're actually you you, t- you struck on a nerve because I and and the, you know it's out there. I wrote that the Lakers should have drafted Giannis in that draft. Um, I, I said they should have gone after him in every, and every time it makes me mad because, because yeah, like to me, it's like, like when I look at these NBA scouts, it's like, okay, you see a guy that right. Okay. Right now he's, he was, he was 18 years old. He was six foot eight at the time, like a hundred, 145 pounds, but was handling the rock and leading it like anyway, but yes, sorry. That's, that's a, that's a sore subject. That's the same side of mine. I think it was, it was. Um, both the Morris twins got picked ah. two spots. Then Kawhi gets picked by the Spurs because he didn't have a good interview because he was sweating. Then the Suns signed both the Morris brothers. They ruined the team. They go to play better elsewhere. Although, and then somehow they again ended up drafting the worst of the play of the brothers. The Suns have gotten the worst of twins or brothers every single time for every 10 years. Time. <laughs> well, you know, even worse. Even worse, you know what? And here, let me uh, let, let me uh, quickly before we get out of here throw some shade at Indiana. Uh, remember, Indiana drafted Kawhi and traded him for George Hill. Like that. Like, what are you guys doing? Do you imagine Kawhi and Paul George. You know what? That would have been fun. Yeah, and then I'm so happy for Paul George. He's my, fa- but also Giannis, one of my favorite players. He's the only favorite player of mine. Like, I love shooting and kind of like the the theory of it. Mm-hmm. So Giannis is like the only player is even close to my top ten that can't shoot, and yet he's coming towards it right now because man, he is—he defies physics. Yes, because he is a freak of nature and is getting better. I hope they go to the finals this year. That'd be so cool. I, you know what, I went out on on that limb and said I think they still will, but I, you know, I, I'm hoping that they do. Um, at the very don't don't get embar- don't get embarrassed like 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 you know. Don't let me see a repeat of last year. Yeah, we don't want that. Um, any final thoughts on the Suns or the Lakers here or the league in general? Uh, the final thoughts is that, you know what, I, I recognize folks, uh, you know, it, and, and I get why. And it's, it's justified, you know, in that, you know, they get a little bit tired of, you know, the, the same, you know, the Warriors being, you know, the king, you know, the king of the hill. But I will say there are so many great stories around the league and so many different, you know, you know, great narratives and young players and young cores to watch, including the Suns being, you know, being one of them. Anytime you've got Devin Booker on your on your roster, you are worth watching in, in my esti- in my estimation. Um, so, yeah, like like I, I know that a lot of folks, you know, the, the going statement is, you know, like the NBA is predictable. And, you know, but and while that could be the case, it can, it's also still very good. 
Yeah, de- definitely agree with that. Um, check out the different teams, the development of these players. I mean, Oladipo. Like, like look at these players that just get better. Oladipo was traded like three times as a second number two pick, I believe, um, in that 2013 draft. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it becomes an all-star and then leads the team and then he hurts his leg. But he'll be fine. People are good. Also, the Warriors are going to be gone, like, Mm-hmm. Maybe as early as this year, if 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 they can't re-sign Draymond, and then if Clay goes elsewhere in 2019, I doubt it. But and then if Durant goes to the next, like they'll still be good. But there's a very good chance they're not the Warriors as soon as this summer, and then the league is going to be wide open again. Absolutely, I'll put it like this: I'll make the prediction. I think Durant is leaving. I so. think he goes to the next. I, I, I think he's, I, I left it open because I don't know if it's Knicks, but I think he's leaving. Yeah, it's and, possible because he wants legacy and stuff, and he used to be one of my favorite players. Maybe he still is, but he's kind of making me a little bit annoyed. Um, <laughs> just, uh, just in general, I love how he plays, but sometimes he's a little bit, I don't know. Personality-wise, I get Personality-wise, he's less what I was really liking about him, but... Um, it's not, be, not, but not because the one that everyone says is why, because he left OKC. That is not why. No. People, everybody, people I know, my brother, people are like, I hate him because he left OKC and it took the easy way out. I'm like, do you understand the at all, people? Um, you have to live, if he wants legacy, you gotta win championships. And I mean, <laughs> just see people, there are people who will not say LeBron is the best because he doesn't have the championships. There's do whatever it takes to get the championships. And honestly, we know that stuff matters to Kevin Durant. I, I, I think it matters to all of them, but it really matters to him. And I can't fault him, but it definitely really matters. Also, think about if you get your MEPs, you get your defensive player of the year, you get all your money. What else is there for a basketball player of that kind of caliber? There's nothing else they should care about but championships and legacy. They, exactly. Like, they have nothing else in, quote-unquote, well, they do in my opinion, but in life to achieve other than the one thing that they still can't haven't achieved. So it's like that's what they're going to do, and they're going to do whatever they can to get there. And then it's, I mean, maybe they make not the best decision, but they do whatever they think is the best. I don't fault guys for moving. I know that, you know, some people still get sensitive about it. I'll tell you right now, I work for a company. It's a pretty good company. I make a decent wage. If somebody offered me a better wage in a more a, a more optimum you know living to, you know, uh, you know city to live in and you know, all types of other perks to go along with it, I wouldn't think twice. And everybody else out there that acts as though they, you know all you know holier than thou, they do the same thing. Exactly. Well, Jabari, it is always a pleasure talking to you on this. I would, we need to do it more often, even if it's not for the podcast. Absolutely. Um, why don't you plug anything? Do you have anything to plug or not really? I can be quick. Uh, if you want a pretty weak uh, timeline, uh, but yeah, every so often I have some decent jokes or whatever. Uh, Jabari Davis NBA, um, as I mentioned earlier, hot takes and shot fakes. It's the uh, podcast that is for Hoop Magazine. Um, and uh, you know what? Shout out to my guys in the Triple J podcast because I'm back doing it with uh, both Jameson and Jordan, and we got to get you on there at one point. Got to do it. I love I love going on podcasts. It's fun. Um, especially when I don't have to do all the editing afterwards. <laughs> exactly. Uh, um, and for me, I got a bunch of things. Uh, at Eric underscore Sar. Um, got thoughts on there. Suns, it's NBA, it's everything. Um, although I live through the Suns games a little bit. Um, I got my solarinsights.net, um, where you can find the podcast. I have episodes for the last two and a half years with pretty much everybody in NBA circles that you can think of. Mm-hmm. Um, I pretty much had them all on. Great show. It's been a blast. Um, uh, also, I have my marketing company, uh, uh, com. And then if you're in Phoenix, uh, my basketball training company, EliteHoopsDevelopment.com. Thanks again, Jabari, and have a great night, everybody. Bye.